Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I'm going to talk about how I increased traffic by 35%, and that's organic traffic to a specific post on Niche Site Project with no link building. I just edited some of the content. I have slowly been complaining about the traffic dwindling over on Niche Site Project, and basically through neglect, I've spent a lot more time doing these podcasts, YouTube, starting another podcast, and just not blogging nearly as much. And it's my own fault. So not only have I not been blogging as much, I kind of neglected the fact that some of the content was severely out of date. We're talking, you know, two years since I've touched it, and then maybe four years since there was a major overhaul. And one of these pieces of content was the Amazon affiliate site example page. So I would go through and analyze uh, different pages, uh, different websites, and go sort of in-depth in a couple areas. In a lot of ways, I was just pulling metrics from other areas and just showing people what some of these Amazon affiliate sites might look like. This was a perfect kind of content to get people to sign up for the email list where they're sort of new to the niche site or affiliate marketing concept. I'm showing them what some of these real sites look like and providing some analysis. So it's a great way to get people on the email list. Some of you listening may have found me and found this podcast through that very post. And it's a post where I saw that other people were doing things like that. And slowly over time, I actually was able to get uh, backlinks to that page. And I was also able to get a decent amount of traffic. And I'd have to look back when I say a decent amount, it was, you know, probably 100 or 200 people a day this specific niche, this small area of the internet that we're in. It seems very large. Affiliate marketing is big. You know, there's big conferences. There's many shows about it. There's a lot of blogs and a lot of people earning money. But the fact is, it's kind of a small audience. And even with just a few hundred visitors or a couple hundred visitors per day on a page like that, it was fantastic. I mean, it's definitely the right kind of traffic for what content I am publishing, whether it's on the blog or over here on the podcast. So anyway, over time, other people started putting together their own pages similar to mine, which, uh, you know, I didn't come up with the idea. I I found it from other people as well and found those articles really helpful. And I tried to do a better one. And over time, it's kind of interesting if I go and look at the SERPs for the specific keyword that I was targeting, which is probably like Amazon affiliate websites or something similar. There's a lot of different long tail variations, but some of the sites that I would go check out, they actually would like credit my site for, along with a few others, but they would credit my site for the inspiration and some of the way I was uh, presenting the information or some of the websites that were out there in public. So anyway, some of those other sites they took over and, and my my traffic dwindled over time. So after about, honestly, it was like two years before I got around to it. I mean, I, I procrastinate like anyone else and I found more interesting stuff to do for like two years before I got around to actually going and making the updates just a few months ago. 
So I'm here to report back, you know, from the title that traffic increased from organic sources by 35%. The overall, and that's page views, by, by the way. So the page views overall went up by 63%. And what I'm comparing is the date that I actually made the improvement and published it up until the present date that I'm recording this. So it was December 14th, 2021. And I am looking at the data through March 2nd of 2022. And I'm comparing that to the previous period, which isn't maybe a pure comparison. We do have the retail season sort of impacting the the numbers in some way, but a couple things here. So we're mainly focusing on the organic traffic because that is important. And the real raw numbers that we're comparing here is 1,766 versus 1,310. So a few hundred more visits. The percentage sounds really amazing and it's good to have more visitors and it's a positive sign because that traffic is from Google, but the sheer number is not massive. And we're talking about, you know, roughly a two and a half month period. So the other part is just because I was talking about it and I shared the fact that I was improving the content. I talked about it on the podcast. I talked about it on YouTube and I sent out some emails. So people were directly going to the post or they were following links from one of the places I mentioned it and I'm getting referral traffic. So overall, that's why the traffic is up by 63%, but part of that is just me using the assets that I have and talking about the fact that I'm improving the content. Another interesting thing is the average time on page is roughly the same when you look at the total page views overall. However, when you look at the organic traffic, the time on page is up by 11.6%. And we're talking about four minutes, a little over four minutes compared to three minutes and 42 seconds. So, I mean, when you're thinking about an additional 20 seconds or so, it's not a huge deal, but I would say 11.6% as far as time on page from organic traffic, that is a good sign. And it tells me that people that are browsing around and they searched for it, they landed on the page in the past, maybe they looked at it and thought, well, this data seems to be kind of old. Maybe it's out of date and they would perhaps bounce. And then now that I've updated it, people will land on it. They see it's been updated in the last couple months and they'll think, hey, maybe that's pretty accurate. So again, we're talking about 11.6% of an increase average time on page. It's only about 20 more seconds or so. But overall, you know, people are spending over three minutes and 42 seconds in the past and now over four minutes, which overall I would say is pretty good. So I didn't build any links to this page. I didn't add any internal links. It was all just improving the content. So it's fairly simple. And actually, before I tell you the the steps that I took, 
which is kind of particular to this given page. I do want to thank our sponsor, Otis Global. They're the source for premium aged domains, and the feature domain for today is kiteship.com. This is kind of an interesting, odd thing that I didn't know exist, didn't know existed at all. This domain is uh, 25 years old, so it was created in 1997, and it's about like renewable type energy and sales that are put on ships and yachts, and basically they focused on very large free-flying sales, which is an abbreviation, uh, or which has an abbreviation, VLFFS, doesn't roll off the tongue very well, but they also talked about the technology and control systems and the techniques for launching, controlling, and recovering boats and ships. And I, again, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a sailor in, in any capacity, but basically, I didn't realize this was a big deal. So they have these giant sails, and they they can be put on yachts, and it's actually still current which again, blows my mind. I never, I mean, I never even thought of this. I didn't grow up on the water or anything like that, but there's a lot of people with boats and uh, some of this stuff is for industrial uses. And, and I guess these sales and different systems are pretty expensive. And I actually ran across what looked to be some like e-commerce type sites. Maybe, I don't know if they're drop shippers or, or what, but there are suppliers out there. So I would say this falls into an area where you could probably find some high ticket e-commerce type shops to work with. Or if you happen to be one of those companies, you may be able to get kiteship.com and really take advantage of that. So very interesting. It's one of those things you can go in the rabbit hole. Let's hit some of the stats real quick. Domain rating is 19, and there are 292 referring domains. 222 of them are do follow, and there are some pretty amazing backlinks. We have How Stuff Works. There's Wikipedia, Slashdot.org, uh, several others that I you know I don't even know how to pronounce it, but also Orange.com, GameStop.com, which is interesting, Airliners.net, and so on. There's a lot of links, very high domain rating links. If you join Otis using my affiliate link, you can get $100 in your account, which I greatly appreciate. And if you buy something, I might get a commission. So thanks a lot to Otis. Now back back to what I did. Now, this particular post is a little bit different. So I have a little bit of an intro and kind of lay out the information that I'm going to talk about in the post. And then there are several sites that I analyze. And I pulled data from Hrefs and some other sources to let people know about the number of backlinks, some of the history, the estimated traffic, some other just pure metrics, which are usually estimated from some SEO tool, Hrefs in this case. Then I would give a little bit of an analysis. Sometimes I happen to know who created the site or a little bit more information, maybe how much the site sold for or how much it was earning. Maybe in that case, it was a public case study. So I was able to provide additional information through reviewing 
the public information because it's a case study. So fairly straightforward, but I consolidate it all into this one post. There are other sites which are very big. I think I covered uh, the, the wire cutter and some other very large sites that are corporate owned, and I would analyze those. Those are sort of in a different class since they are very big and they have a huge staff and maybe they've been around for a very long time. What's interesting is when I first published the post, say in 2016 or so, I can't remember exactly, but we'll say 2016, there were some sites that were created in the 2013-2014 timeframe with private blog networks, very thin content, kind of shitty websites overall. The surprising thing is some of those sites are still around and they're still getting traffic and it's the same content. Like it's the same kind of crappy content. It looks like they're just on autopilot. Kind of amazing. I think they ranked back in the day, circa 2013, 2014. And then they just had such a small amount of traffic and a very micro niche. I hate you know using that, but they are very focused on one tiny little area and they still rank many years later. They may not be making a huge amount of money, but if they're pulling in three, $400 every month for several years, that's pretty amazing. And I think back to the recent interview I did with Wesley and he talked about the KGR site that he put together and he published a handful of articles and it's just been consistently earning. He didn't quite know what he was doing in the beginning, but he didn't make any huge mistakes and did a lot of things right, did most things right. And he's just consistently been earning 400 bucks a month for about four years, which is just, it's just amazing if you can have that set up passively. And I'll contrast this with, you know, maybe people that are into real estate, which I'm not, I have low interest in real estate and it's great for people that, that enjoy it like looking at houses and dealing with tenants and stuff like that. But I have actually, I have a ton of friends that have rental properties and if they can make, you know, 400 bucks a month consistently, they're thrilled. Now the thing is they didn't, you know, create the house from scratch. Like you can create a website from scratch like Wesley did. They're buying an asset that's maybe, you know, couple hundred thousand dollars and they're only making $400 a month. Of course, they have the inherent value of real estate. There's a piece of property, there's a physical home or, you know, condo or house or whatever it is. It could be, you know, commercial property too. But the fact is there's inherent value in that. And it's very unlikely for a piece of real estate to go to zero. There's a lot more risk in having a web piece of property. But if you do create it from scratch, you are really reducing your break-even point. I mean, it could be very, very low if you're writing all the content. The point is, with a piece of web real estate, I'll call it that. I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like classifying it as a web real estate. But if you have a website and it's earning 400 bucks a month, that's a great thing. So anyway, some of these sites are still around, which blew me away. Some of them, you know, the traffic dwindled and I removed those. So overall, let me get back on track here. So overall, I 
tightened up the content. I looked at it and I saw it was about 6,000 words. And I was like, that's kind of long. So I went through, checked out each one of the websites and some of them were poor examples and maybe traffic dropped to, you know, just a couple per month or something really low. If I identified them as a bad example, I removed them from the list. In a couple cases, the websites are no longer around. So I took those off the list too. Additionally, I looked at how I wrote the content and I tried to think about tightening it up, just making it shorter. There were a couple places where I tried to provide more nuance and more context, which can be important. But in a post like that, especially where it's 6,500 words long or so, it's pretty long. And it's okay if I can take out a couple sentences that maybe don't provide as much context, but you kind of get the idea. And if you're going to read you know, this super long post, you're probably going to check out some other post on the site or maybe check out a video and you can get a little more nuanced that way. So I really tightened it up and I actually deleted, I think about 1,500 to 2,000 words of content. And that made it read much better. I did realize that the intro was kind of long. It went, I mean, people are trying to see examples of these websites. So I shortened it quite a bit. I also got a few more fresh images. So in in these kind of posts, I like to get a little screenshot over from href so people can see some of the uh, data and metrics straight from the tool. So I still put it in sort of a bullet point format, but I also provide the screenshot. Many of the screenshots were very old and I needed to update them. So I spent maybe an hour or so getting new screenshots, resizing them, compressing them, and then updating them. So that was a whole other thing that took a little bit of time. It wasn't too, too bad. I had to rewrite a couple portions based on the new information about the website. Of course, the metrics change over time. So I made some updates. Sometimes it was, you know, maybe a site that is a public case study and I have more information to provide. So in those cases, I would make a few updates. One thing I did not do is add FAQs. Now, this is something I should maybe take a look at. This is one of my go-tos, one of the best ways that you can add content to existing posts and get more long-tail traffic. Maybe you can snag a featured snippet because you're answering a question specifically. But in this case, I just wanted to update the content and I didn't really worry too much about adding FAQs. I probably should go back and do that. I know there's probably a couple areas where I do pose a question, but I've answered it in a whole other post. So in those cases, I think I just put the question there and say, hey, do you wonder about X, Y, and Z? We'll check out this post that I have a whole whole article about it. So go check it out over there. So that's something I probably could do. The interesting thing is I made these updates and that pretty much covers it. I just updated the content fairly straightforward. Only took me a couple hours or so. When I look at how the organic traffic 
changed. It did take a couple weeks for everything to shape up. So when I look at the graph, it didn't automatically jump on the 14th. It took a little time to get there. So I started sharing it. I started talking about it a little bit more and I I was getting direct traffic. So people were looking at the site, but it really took about a month before I can see more people were actually getting to the site. And again, it's not huge numbers. We're talking going from, you know, maybe a hundred visitors per week to a couple hundred visitors per week, maybe a little bit more than that. So not not a huge, huge jump in when you look at the pure sheer numbers. But if you look at a graph, you can see, oh, well, th- things are getting better and more people are landing on the page. Now, it's a little bit interesting. I am you know, looking at the graph right now and I see it did increase a little bit. And then it looks like maybe in late February to current date, which is very early March, it sort of dropped back down a little bit. And I don't know what to make of that. And this is one of those areas where, is this something where every single month I need to go and update the post a little bit and make sure it's up to date because the information in there is timely? Maybe I go and update it once a quarter. I'm not really sure what the right cadence is or if the effort is actually worth it in the long run. Now, this is one of those posts where I think if it ranks really well for a lot of different terms, maybe it does bring in a pretty significant amount of traffic. But from the data that I see, while it's successful, and 35% is a pretty good increase and a good headline, it's not you know, a crazy amount of traffic. Now, the thing that I do know is when it used to rank a lot better, it was bringing in a lot more traffic. So it may take more time. It may take, you know, fresh links. Like I mentioned before, I didn't do any link building at all and I didn't add any new internal links or anything like that. So maybe it's something I need to go back to and make sure that I'm spending time on it in the right way. I'm not really sure. The other part is I only did this to one post and I started this whole podcast by telling you, well, I was kind of putting it off. Like I knew I should get to it, but I was kind of putting it off for a little while. (laughs) And there's a handful of other posts that I know I should go and update. They all kind of work hand in hand. They're very related topics and you can see where I'm getting at. Basically, I think I'd probably see some pretty good results if I went and I did update, spent a few hours on each one of the posts. I mean, I think it's less than 10 or so in each one of the updates. If I just had to ballpark it off the top of my head, I'm guessing I could spend, you know, two to four hours for each one and probably get it in a pretty good spot. I could hire someone to do some of that work, but I do, you know, for something like this, I kind of do want to get my hands dirty. There's certain things that I want to say. Sure, I can have someone do the broad updates and then maybe I go back through and edit it. Maybe that'll make it faster. But the fact is I've been putting it off a little bit and there's a solid chance that if I went and made these updates to a handful more posts, 
I'd get an outsized return and I'd be able to see that these results are, you know, much better. And, you know, part of it is, you know, me just not publishing new content in the same topic area. When I look back through the blog and the recent post, it's mostly case study updates where I'm coaching someone and they are writing the update. So it's not bringing in organic traffic at all. It is topically relevant, but in in a big way, I'm not really like internally linking and, you know, publishing those as something that's going to bring in organic traffic or even help other posts bring in organic traffic, which is kind of interesting. And I have to, you know, I have to look at it and I'm like, well, I'm in a, I'm in a spot where I'm not as excited about writing that kind of content. And I'm also not very excited about hiring someone to write that kind of content. So I have a post coming out pretty soon, or I guess a podcast coming out pretty soon where I talked to Ron Stefanski and he has been publishing a lot more on his blog, One Hour Professor. At the same time, he was also doing a huge guest posting campaign. And that proved to be extremely successful. He's uh, taken his earnings from something like you know four or five hundred dollars per month to over ten k. So I got a full interview coming out on that. But he's publishing a lot of very competitive, very high quality articles on things that will bring in traffic. Number one, but more importantly, will bring in money. So there's a you know clear reason to spend time on it. And when I look at, you know, Ron and I actually talk about it in the interview, when I look at the effort that it would take and the the benefit that you get from it, I'm not sure it's worth it for me right now in my life. <laughs> it's, it's just a lot of work. And, and I'm not lazy specifically, but I'm really careful about what I'm diving into. And in the past, I have seen myself just take on too much. There's a lot of opportunities out there and it's really easy to do too much. And I have to reel it back in pretty often. So overall, I would say takeaways for you have a look at your content, especially if your site's been around for a while. I deleted, you know, 50, 60% of the content on Niche Site Project a while back over the course of the last, uh, I would say, 18 months to two years or so. I was slowly pruning things back. And I should have been going back and improving and updating the old content that I had neglected. It took me a really long time to get around to it, but if I would have done all of this at one time, you probably would have seen some pretty cool results. So if you have a site that's been around for a while, I definitely encourage you to go audit the thing. Audit all of your content, have a look. Maybe you publish some things that are no longer relevant and you can straight up delete them. Maybe you identify things like me where you have a handful of posts that you need to go and update and you can you know, figure out a way to do it. Hopefully, you're better than me, and you'll do it in a more timely manner. But that's the name of the game. If you have an affiliate site or an informational site, you can still do the same exact steps. If you have an affiliate site, you can make sure the products are available. Maybe new products are in the market, and you can add those to your list. Maybe you could just add some FAQs now that, depending on how old your site, but now that there's 
a really easy way with the people also ask section on Google, you could just see things that you can add to specific content, maybe about specific products that you have reviews on. You could answer those questions right there on the post. If you have an informational site, you know, maybe you're not checking for products, but maybe you're looking for new, fresher information. Maybe there's some news stories and other things that you can add. Or again, FAQs are hands down probably one of the easiest ways to tap into some of those long tail phrases and Google tells you right there on the results page. So have a look and, you know, as far as the cadence, I'm not sure I have a specific recommendation. Probably depends on your site, how much traffic you get, how much you earn. But I would say, you know, having a look every six months at a minimum is probably a good idea or at least have a plan where you have a regular cadence I have talked to some people where essentially every single post gets looked at every six months or so. And maybe there's uh, different segments or different categories that you or an assistant will go through. And maybe it's a quarterly basis. You're not spending like your full time on it, but you're having a look maybe once a week, you're looking at a handful of posts, just having a quick look. Maybe you're looking on the search console to see the trend of impressions and clicks. Maybe you're looking over on Hrefs and having a look at uh, maybe some competitors for this specific keyword. But you could divide it up however you think works best for your site. I think everyone's site is sort of designed differently and you have a different view on this. But improving content and keeping things up to date is a very good idea. And a one last thing for this particular post, I wrote it in the past, so it wasn't too fluffy. There were some redundant parts and I mentioned I edited those out and tightened things up and just made it flow faster. If you are working with an agency or writers, there could be a tendency to have a fluffy intro that just takes too fucking long to get to the point. And if that's the case, you could tighten it up. You could cut out a lot of it. In many cases, depends on the niche, depends on the topic, but in many cases, there's a strong chance that you could have a one to two sentence intro and just get to the content. People don't want to read a really long intro. They just want to answer to their question. So if you could tighten it up, that's a great thing to do. I mean, you want to have a hook but you don't have to be too cute about it. You can just state it straight. Say, hey, this post is going to cover X, Y, and Z. We're qualified to talk about it because of X. And then get to the content. You don't have to draw it out. You don't have to be too cute. Think about yourself, especially when you're Googling something on your phone, which a lot of traffic is coming from the phone. And, uh, you're probably barely reading the thing. You are probably skimming. You're looking at the subheadings and maybe, depending on the topic, you'll read a little bit more closely. But in a lot of ways, people are not reading the whole thing and you don't have to be too cute or too clever with the intro. That is my story on this particular post. 
I'm going to try to be motivated and maybe hop back and, and check out one of these other posts to actually do the update. I'm curious if you've had a similar experience of going back and improving your existing content. If so, let me know. Feedback at Doug.show. I'll give you a shout out. You can you know send me a bullet points of some of the stats, maybe what you did. You don't have to make it long and drawn out, but definitely curious. And I know many people are motivated by hearing what other people are working on. And you email me, you tell me that. And I know that if you share your little success story, maybe you increase traffic by 10% or maybe time on page improved because you made some tweaks, let us know. It helps other people get inspired to take some action as well. That's it for today. I'd love it if you share the podcast with someone that you think might find it interesting. And if you love hearing me talk, I have another show called Mile High Five. I have a co-host, Carl Jensen. We talk about financial independence and personal finance and some other random stuff. We have been talking a lot about fitness recently. So if you hop over to Mile High Fi and search for the fitness episode, um, people were very interested. I actually thought people wouldn't care too much, but we've gotten more feedback from the fitness episode than any of the others. And that one is a fairly tight episode. I think it's only like 20, 25 minutes or so. And there will be follow-ups with a fitness episode. Carl and I have a great time. So, all right, everybody have a good day out there and we'll catch you on the next episode.